And it's time once again to play another round of who's the least sober person in the room. Uh, uncle. Uh, Ryan, is, yeah. would that be you? We have an uncle. Well, he, I'm Uncle he Ryan. Is an uncle. Oh, that's he true. Is uncle he Ryan. is Uncle Ryan. You are Uncle Ryan. I spent the afternoon with a friend of mine um, who owns a bar, and I have a side business where I do credit card processing. Yada yada yada. Anyway, um, I thought he was going to get into like an Uncle Ryan kind, you know, the drunk uncle story. And oh, let me tell you about the shape of the bar. Yeah, it wasn't anything like that. Um, I hope so. Anyhow, schedules did not meet up in the correct way, and so I spent the entire afternoon drinking at my friend's bar, and now I'm here. Drinking. Well, with I, the rest of us. Well, yeah. Like no, I, I, mean, I don't say that in, in any... I'm not admonishing you for it. I'm. You're not being pejorative? I'm mere, No, I'm not being pejorative. I'm merely recognizing the fact that you brought a large bottle of wine in, ostensibly to consume by yourself. Well, I'm not going to consume all of it by myself. Well, I would be impressed if you did. It'd well, be a bold move. Yeah. Well, it, in any case, I'm I'm in a good space. I'm not. I'm not. It, it's not like the time. What did you do that one episode where you like stayed up all night the night before and then like drank all day or and then? I think that was the Memorial Day episode when came we came over the to first Kevin's house. Yeah. I think it was Labor Day. It's just uh, you just get like halfway through the podcast, you hear this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, apparently that was Ryan. Well, I'm not. No, I'm not shit housed. I'm just. I have well, a did. very healthy buzz you on. Seem he smooth. did stop his car yeah. on top of my gravel pile in the garage. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mark has a huge pile of gravel outside. All right. We'll get to all that in a little while. But, Let's uh, play some music. Yeah. Was, uh, I'm Shane. Ryan. Kevin. And Mark. Somebody likes it. So, um, so some sad news from the world of entertainment. Wait, should we? <laughs> Shocking <laughs> sad news that an old person died. <laughs> and now it's time for sad news. It's somebody likes it. It's this time part of the pod. You know, you really should get one of those, like organ, like background, like sad organ, <laughs> like, like, like church organ old, things. Like uh, old soap opera music. Yeah, yeah. I, like I feel like like the fact that you're bringing this up, and how I, I just feel like you're just just doing it to bait me. I kind <laughs> of. Yeah, I'm gonna do that and then play a long sax solo. A so ninety-year-old woman died. <laughs> yes, yes. Doris Roberts, uh, who you may know as uh, the the annoying mom and uh, everybody loves Raven, died at ninety. And I just want to say, when will the senseless killing stop? Like, that's my concern. That is a worthy thing. You should get like uh, Al Sharpton to have like a press conference. Yeah, yeah. Can we? Um, anyway, sorry. I just that was my quick sidebar. I, it's okay. It's it, again. Uh, there's. I don't know if I've talked about this before, but there's like Co-op Radio, which is like a co-op-owned radio station in Austin, and there's a. It's like it's public radio. Uh, yeah, but I mean, it's, but it's 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 only community. Oh, they don't right. have any outside like programming. And for people who don't know, is it just just people just dropping by all the time and just making a community? Getting on the air? Yeah, no, so. no, they have people actually have shows. Oh, okay. Like, there's actual details. Oh, yeah, that show. But okay, shows uh, yeah, be, that, that station. Sometimes yeah, that's the yeah. shows are interrupted by people uh, that are tending to their garden in the background. <laughs> so probably there's organic. See, I always thought there. it was like a, owned by C. Everett Coop. That's not true. That's the uh, <laughs> no, like, the, like, the former Surgeon General <laughs> under the in the yeah. Reagan administration who's yeah. dead now. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, you just yeah, we're just gonna talk about dead old people again. Well, yeah, they have this. Sorry. They have this show on Saturdays called Graveside Service, which is. 
which is actually pretty cool. They each week they pick like you know three or four people and then play like three or four songs by you know each of their canon. But they all they all they really mix it up and they put in like interesting. And they all have to be dead. Yeah, that's why it's called Great Side Service. I mean, I didn't know if that was just where they wanted to play or like, a, but they're oh, because that's the that's the place they just you go want like park themselves in a, a graveyard. Look, I mean, unless, unless you're like a 15 year old goth, nobody wants to go <laughs> like so. like and play music this <laughs> week. Graveyard broadcasting from the Randolph Cemetery. <laughs> it is kind of creepy out here, even at three o'clock in the afternoon. Hey, what was the um? Uh, we were talking about this last week, and we neglected to get it on the air, but it's worthy of mentioning. And that is that Led Zeppelin is um, is going to a jury trial, being sued for the oh, I don't yeah. know how many time different times they've been sued, but they're being sued again by for ripping off the the intro to Stairway to Heaven, and the judge it went to a ju- by this band there there was a band called Spirit, and uh, well and to be to make sure that we're super clear on this, the allegation is that. The intro to Stairway to Heaven is a ripoff in and of itself. It, is dude, it is. I've heard yeah, it. Yeah. Like. I, oh yeah, no, I've heard them both too. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. I mean, there's, there's, a and question. they toured together. They right, yeah. and that. So that's a, a lot of people are alleging that. You know, I think that there's a there's a good possibility that, and the guy, the judge was right. The judge apparently is the most musically engaged judge in the history of the world. Like he understands like how like a chromatic chords work. Well, the and, verbiage of like how they explain. Like what's going on? Like why it is a ripoff is so intricate. But the but the fact that that the judge understood that and and put and put that in his basically they put it before him, and he was like, um, I feel like he essentially was insinuating I feel like it is ripped off. But having said that, there it's a lo- there's a lot of commonality in these types of chord progressions. Therefore, let's present it to a jury. So it's going to a jury trial now. So um, so basically, he said like. I kind of already think that you guys are guilty, but I'm going to do you a solid and let somebody else. Kai, I, yeah, I get the but, feeling that, yeah. that, that that's kind of what's going on. Yeah. So, Interesting. I don't really think, honestly, at this point in their careers, anybody left alive that was ever in that band is hurting in any way for money. Monetarily? Oh, no. Sure. I and think you're talking about Zeppelin, not Spirit. Yeah. Well, the dude that wrote this song, oh, I, no, I, I think he, he drowned. He, he drowned. He drowned saving his kid. Yeah. Uh, from like a riptide or something in Hawaii. Yeah, so I think I think like so it's his estate. It's his that's estate that's doing this, but you 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 know like was it Randy California is like uh like what his stage name was? I think you're right. But I think at this point, if you're Led Zeppelin, you've got well number one, you know like what like how old is Jimmy Page now it's in his seventies? So yeah, something like you well, know, didn't they have like their own seven forty seven or something with like Led Zeppelin painted on the side, like well, fucking y- retarded? They did, like, but I, I think it's less monetary than it is a point of pride. Like, no, I fucking wrote that song, "A State of Spirit," Randy California or whatever his name. Was. I mean, that's yeah. got to be what it is because at this point, like. You know, just they would have settled it under you know paid him some money, but like they want. Well, and they've settled with a couple of like old blues musicians. Uh, well, but that was, I mean, well, yeah, that's true. They have, um, they did, but they directly, they straight up just they, cop, they, they just cop no, to they that. ripped off some shit. But I mean, um, but 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 they did it well. Absolutely, uh, like I'm not complaining. I'm just saying, like, yes. Did I ever tell? I don't think I've ever. Maybe I've told this story on this podcast. We, you know, it all blends together. But uh, <laughs> um, Mark's like, tell me about it. Anyway, uh, but yeah, I had a, I had a friend uh, who I went to high school with who when he went to college came up, came here to UT and, and in Austin and um, 
had a roommate who played guitar, and this friend of mine did not play guitar, but this buddy taught him the first, like, the several intro notes to Stairway to Heaven, and they would have girls over their dorm room, and my, my friend, John, would pick up the guitar like he was just noodling around, and he would play the old, literally the only part of that song that he could play, and then he would just act like he was bored with it, and everybody would heard it a thousand times, and, and those girls never knew. I thought you were going to say... He's like, y'all know that song. He yeah, would just be like, hoping by, he got to, by the time he got to the point where he didn't know any of the song, at that point, like he would the girl would like already have... like. That's the flowers that's and the heart dropping out of her eyes. Yeah, I'm, that's the I'm panty sure dropper. That's exactly the four what seconds yeah. that would get him to that <laughs> yeah. point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. all right. Enough Led Zeppelin. Uh, there, surprisingly, for an album that there ain't shit about on the internet, I think we There's have not. They, we have quite a bit to say. But the, about the album, well, it's not even really an album. It's not really an album. But let me just say this: of all this shit that has been picked, this one <laughs> is truly maybe the most bizarre it thing. Totally bizarre. That has been that has been chosen yet. And Ryan well, did it at like five o'clock in the morning. Can I, it's true. Can we talk about cornmeal? No, no, no. We'll <laughs> we will talk about. We will cornmeal. talk about. <laughs> that. We, we of course will talk about cornmeal. But I picked one of the three albums that's called. I saw the light by Hank Williams, and it's um, and it senior. turns out, dude just didn't really release albums. He just put out a bunch of like singles and radio programs. Uh, yeah, it wasn't until he died that it, like the I think fifty three was when Sinatra put out the first LP. Like really, like well, there were two records that he actually put out, and I don't remember what they are off the top of my head, but they weren't on Spotify. And so I was like, well, let's just do like a 10 song compilation thing. And it just comes uh, packaged with a bunch of cornmeal. Yeah, just and and they'll just be they'll play the song and then they'll get to the end of the song. And then he and the guys in the band will just talk about cornmeal. <laughs> <laughs> hey, cornmeal you know like, what? I don't know much a- about it. About, you know, one thing I like about living in the South. I don't know much about cooking no cornbread, but I sure know I like eating it. And if I you're going like to eat it, puppies. you're going to you know, want <laughs> mother's eat- best cornmeal <laughs> yeah. to make your cornbread. So Mark actually Mark actually knows a little bit more about this than the rest of yeah, us. Yeah, so chime I, in. I Mark. did a little bit of digging on this because I was really intrigued by the by the commercial aspect of this thing. Wait, can, can, can I, just real quick yeah. before you continue. It was sort of like when the Who sell out except yeah. without the jokes were way funnier but they were unintentional. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, it no, it's all kinds of sexist it. all the way through it. But so th- this was 1950 1951 uh, mother's best cornmeal uh, and feed and flour and flour and uh, and self-rising cornmeal. Uh, they had a a 15 minute radio program. Uh, it was it ran from 7:15 to 7:30 in the morning every morning, Monday through Friday. It was hosted by Hank Williams, and he and uh, and his boys would just come into the studio, record for 15 minutes. They'd do three songs in between. They they talk do, about grain. They do these little commercials, <laughs> uh, and uh, Hank got paid a hundred dollars a week for a year doing this, and. Most of it was actually pre-recorded, even though there are times in the recordings where he says, "Keep sending in your requests because we like getting them." Well, so. my no, my favorite part of it was where like, uh, send in your receipts if you don't like Mother's Best cornmeal. Yeah, yeah. And Hank Williams uh, personally will refund your money. 
like <laughs> from your local grocer. After about the fourth time, because I'm not, because the first time through, like I don't realize what's going on because I, because let's face it, a lot of these songs. By the way, and let's let's mention that the musicianship on these recordings is badass. Oh, these it's are, amazing. These yeah, are like, amazing. This is the foundation players. of country music. It they like, they are so fucking good, and like I had no idea that 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 basically that that they were recorded live. He just. Sounds great. Those songs are killer. Like they're just fucking around. Every and they're it's just fucking amazing. around, and it's amazing. The songs are amazing. But what truly makes this an amazing album is that okay. So I'm listening. I can't remember what the first one on here was. It just I saw the light. Uh, uh, no, 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 no. Cold, cold heart. Right. Yeah. Which is a song I love, and I'm really enjoying it. And so, like a lot of times, the first time through when I listen to these albums. I'll be trying to find out as much stuff as I can online about not only the performer but also the record. Couldn't find dick about this one, but then after cold, but I've heard cold, cold heart many times. After it ends, and then they're talking, and I realize it's live, and then I realize like a minute and a half into this that they're still fucking talking about hush puppies and shit. I'm like, what the fuck is this? There, there was apparently no such thing as a, a sellout back then. Like, oh no, because no. like, that's that's all this is. Is I mean, it's like a giant commercial for well, corn but, flour. I mean, but if you think, but if you think about that, that's kind of how TV and radio was at that time. I mean, you'd had one sponsor yeah. and you plugged the sponsor the whole time. Um, you know, it changed later when you got multiple commercials and stuff like that. But at the time, yeah, I mean, if you did any of these things. It's just fu- so funny to like think about Like everybody loves, I mean, I, he's one of those guys that you can add to the list. Uh, Hank Williams? He, Hank like, Williams, like that, Willie that, Nelson, that, that Willie Nelson or Stevie Wonder that nobody thinks sucks, uh, but like you know you think about like all these artists with like fierce integrity who would never endorse a product. That's oh, not he had no problem with that. <laughs> no, well, none. He's no. leaned right into it. <laughs> but that, but that's it. But you got to think of that also in the context of the time. I mean, it really was different. You're right. Yeah. But I mean, like at the, you know, well, it well, changed I radically. I don't, I don't give a shit if a, a artist endorses a product. I don't either. Yeah. I don't either. But I'm saying like it, there's a, there's a difference between like you know when you used to have like uh, the whatever whatever the Colgate Palm Olive Hour you know and then whoever's on it would just hawk products for Colgate Palm Olive on the show. During mm. the show, the whole fucking time, in the middle of their art, in the like, middle of right, yeah. Well, and and to be, you know, like to sort of complete the circle. I mean, have you ever Maybe tried? Maybe broken. Have you ever tried to? Uh, have you ever tried to make something that needed cornmeal without cornmeal? What are you going to do then? Well, Nothing. you know, ladies, uh, <laughs> which comes up a lot. Um, if you want to make hush puppies, ladies, if you just get back in the kitchen, yeah, yeah, yeah. about about like one it's in every three super things. Super mid-century sexist, yeah, it's and it's just—I mean, like not intentionally, but yeah, you're just like, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> like, it, it started to get to the point. Like, I've just sort of like I started raising an eyebrow when I realized what was going on. But then after about four songs, but I was so amused by it, but it also broke up my enjoyment of the songs. So I had a broad smile on every time <laughs> one of the one of those commercials came on. I'm just like, this is so awesome. What, what was <laughs> the, the one he's like? He's like, I don't know. He said something along the lines of like, I don't know much about about making no biscuits, but I sure know how to eat them. And you're gonna get the lightest, fluffiest biscuits with mother's best flour. <laughs> don't forget, it's washed twice: once in water, once in air. Oh my god! And, and just talking about like how much <laughs> admiration they're gonna get from like when they have people over. Hey, like, you know what we should do? I'm sorry to, to interrupt you. But go for it. We should listen to a song later in this podcast. We should play the oh, yeah. little clip of the mother's best. Totally. Just a little bit, so yeah. you, you get, everybody could get an idea of what the fuck we're talking about. Anyway, and just so everybody understands, yeah. this running time on this album is 43 minutes. 16 minutes of that 
is our commercials. Yeah. For Brothers yeah. Best. Oh, yeah. That's what well, I was and saying. It was so long. Some of the best music on it are commercials. Like, they, they do, like, a big fiddling fucking jamboree thing that it turns out is just a big Mother's Best commercial. Uh, anyway, let's get into the, the, the namesake. Uh, I saw the light. I wondered so aimless life filled with sin I wouldn't let my dear Savior in Then Jesus came like a stranger in the night Praise the Lord, I saw the light I saw the light, I saw the light No more darkness, no more night Now I'm so happy, no sorrow inside Praise the Lord, I saw the light Just like a blind man Blind man that God gave back his sight. Praise the Lord, I saw the light. I saw the light. Gospel. I mean, in hillbilly music, too, there's that, you know, that, like, they come down off the holler and play that. Well, I'm not, you know, I don't know that any of us in this room are all that religious, but, like, there's some, like, facets of like evangelical Christianity that are just fascinating and this is one of them. Well, this but this kind of gospel is, is interesting because like when I when I hear gospel like there's it it's this sort of it's this sort of like hillbilly bluegrass mixed with like Well, it's got is like little pockets of like Appalachia or Yeah, Appalachia wherever. is a great way to put it there. like my like yeah. I said like my grandpa would call it holler music, you know? Like Yeah, no. Dig Jed it. Jed Clampett, his family, they enjoyed Holler music, I w- one would imagine. Well, as, as well as a uh, bubbling crude. He, they, they enjoyed that as well. Got them into some wacky hijinks. <laughs> there were hijinks ensuing. Kevin? Uh, yeah, well, you know, and the the interesting thing to me about this song is that um, it wasn't a hit when it came out. I mean, now we think of it in terms of, like, clearly it's enough of a standard that he put out. There were there have been three records that came out. Well, there, the same there were three. Them. One was a three. Well, dude CD. got rejected from the Grand Old Opry. Uh, like he was, or you know, like a, I guess auditioned for the Grand Old Opry, and they were like, nah. No, actually, he he was accepted into the eventually, Grand Old Opry. Eventually, yeah, he, he was initially rejected. But uh, he was initially rejected. Well, yeah, and wasn't he on? He was on a label, and then he got like rejected. Well, like apparently, that. like many bad things happened to him because of his alcoholism. <laughs> Yeah, we 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 did a, at some point talk about that because like if you get on if you read a, a little bit about him online and everybody knows I mean Hank Williams that's what he's known for I mean you know his alcoholism but I mean he just had a parade after and parade of, and a little uh, okay uh, that's what I meant other th- of course I just took that it's implicit in when I think of, of course right sure all right my bad but I'm saying other than that. Uh, you know he's it's synonymous with 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 being a bad alcoholic, but I didn't realize like he just couldn't keep a fucking band together because he was so bad. No, everybody like everybody was, was left. just pissed at him all the time. And there was one thing where there. And, were, well, what was the what was the Roy Acuff like? Was like uh, you got a million dollar talent but a ten cent brain. Ten cent brain. Yeah, yeah I was gonna I was gonna be using the out. gift. He he was dating I guess for a period of time this this woman who who had a uh, was a. 
I don't know if she was dating him at the time and she was cheating on him with Hank Williams, but uh, Farron Young, who's another amazing country singer, who also never got famous because of alcohol. Well, he Hank Williams got famous, but Farron Young never really never really went over the top because of, of alcoholism. But and they, they were saying like on Wikipedia that that Hank Williams, one of the reasons they fired him for the Grand Hold Opry is like he would just go to her house in Shreveport and just not show up. Like, who the fuck does that? I mean, like, it's the Grand Ole Opry in 1950. Well, and at the time, like, uh, you know, like, we think of uh, Hank Williams as sort of like the, the founder of country music, but it was around before, but he's the one who, like, really... Well, I mean, there's a lot of people that, yeah, I mean, like, that that we can... Uh, one of the things that I think, like, to his credit is that he, he bridges the the mournful for lack of a better term, but you know, holler music, the Appalachian stuff that we were just talking about, and gospel, and with a really solid strum straight to his, on his guitar, which is something that you previously saw like more in Western music. There's a really great, really great uh, documentary on uh, Hank Williams' life story that's put out by BBC4. And I haven't seen all of it, but I've seen about half of it. And one of the things that they talk about in that was that, was his kind of, rough upbringing like apparently from a very early age he was he was always in like just drawn to the music and drawn specifically to like you know i mean he grew up in a like sort of a southern baptist well know, i think his mom like of, uh, like ran boarding houses all over the place well uh, and she apparently was hard ass yeah was his his, his dad had whatever. like bad nerve damage in his face or caused facial paralysis and he was like in a sanatorium for like eight years because of that and his mother uh, anyway one of the things that they say in this in this uh documentary is that his mother after time told people used to just tell people that his dad was dead and he was in that sanatorium for 10 years his his dad was and i think he did eventually like pass i mean clearly he he got out i read that i read about like but his mom wouldn't let him retain or regain his role of the head of household and he eventually just left yeah, so there's you know there's there's that, and that he's also sort of drawn to the drawn to this, uh, you know the the specter of like uh, just drawn to the music from the very beginning. But one of the things that that one of his his bandmates said uh, in this documentary that I thought was particularly interesting was that like, you know, he's known for all of these like sort of sad, mournful songs. But but what this what this guy said, and like I can I can totally see this too. He's like. He's like, when you listen to them, though, it's not a sad, mournful experience. It's like, it's like he just beats, he like he, he brings everything out of this, like of the the mournfulness out of the song, to where, the part that holds it together is so thin that you can still experience it. I mean, it's like it's why the blues aren't necessarily sad, and like that's that's a the, that's a good way to put it. And and his son, uh, Bosephus, good old Bosephus. Good old Bosephus. Oh, we'll have a talk about him in a yeah, minute. I have yeah. something I want to bring uh, up. Said in the same documentary, uh, uh, his quote: uh, "What is what is country music except uh, white man's blues?" And I was like, "I guess maybe there was a time when oh, there yeah, that divide far off. It, it used to it used they to cer- be that certainly way. and certainly is not now. And it's like, no. let's go get a tequila and go down to Mexico. <laughs> go mudding. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, but but fascinating. Like from the very you know what some of this sounded like to me, and like I don't know if either of you guys heard this or Mark either. Um, some of it sounds Hawaiian. Well, oh, okay. it, that's because of the pedal steel. I mean, the pedal steel, like, they brought that over from Hawaiian music, from the lap steel. Um, I didn't, yeah, I didn't know where, like, the, it was, like, it was just, like, in my head, like, 
you know, am I just not hearing this right? But no, like, no. no, it sounds Hawaiian. No, you are right. I mean, the, like the country, like sound of the pedal steel and the lap steel hadn't really evolved that far away from the Hawaiian sound yet at this point until like the, until what it would be like in the 60s. Like now it sounds like country music and Hawaiian music sound nothing alike. But at the time, like that style of music was just those two styles were just getting married together. But yes, that was a. Yeah. So I, I can see that. Anyway, boys, I go. think it's about time for us to take a short break to have a word from our sponsor. That's the Married Man Blues. That's yeah, a better name for that, ain't it? Ain't, Buck, a, huh? ain't a married man in the world, ain't a dog sometimes. Hey, you know what I mean, huh? You know, folks, I might not be an expert cook, but I can tell you right now, I'm an expert eater. <laughs> and I found out that even without experience, you can make the most delicious, let me say that again, the most delicious biscuits you ever tasted when you use Mother's Best Flour. Biscuits so rich with flavor, so white and fluffy that your family will say, man, them's the best biscuits I ever eat. And neighbors, for all your baking, you'll find that Mother's Best assures perfect results. Tested recipes for your baking favorites are enclosed in every sack of Mother's Best flour. Easy recipes with results guaranteed or your money refunded. They ain't a married man alive who ain't a dog sometimes. Uh, I'm telling you, know, you. If you know what I'm best saying. Best thing you could eat. I'm telling you I what. mean. That was always my... Uh, so all is my my friend Sarah's uh, favorite Texas expression. I mean, I mean, because <laughs> it's like it's a sentence, but it's really not. It's like <laughs> I love how he, uh, I love how he realizes that he's slurring his words, <laughs> and yeah. he's like, "Let me start over again. Let me take that." And the mo- it's the most deli- Let me start over again. The most delicious. And Mark was saying they record these at uh, like they're recording these uh, early in the morning, right? Or they were just running in the morning. Well, they w- they ran them from seven fifteen to seven thirty. They they didn't actually say what times they were they were recording them. Yeah, I I would be willing to bet they would probably record several shows at a time. Well, why don't we get into one more song before we go to the intermission? Okay, let's do it. Uh, which you have to because it's on here. Uh, I'm so lonesome I could cry. <laughs> He sounds too blue to fly The midnight train is whining low I'm so lonesome I could cry I've never seen a night so and time goes crawling by The moon just went behind a cloud To hide its face and cry It was lap steel. That's why it sounds Hawaiian. That's exactly... Like, no, that's yeah. a... That's a Perfect example of where it sounds Hawaiian. Well, I was saying pedal. There might be pedal steel earlier, but I'm like pretty sure that's well, what what's it the was. difference between lap steel and just uh, steel guitar. Well, so steel guitar, uh, like your lap, lap ride. Lap, lap steel is like is like an electric <laughs> version of a dobro, where like the strings are set up higher and you play a slide. And but a pedal steel, you have a lot of different things. They usually like a lot. They'll have one neck or two necks, 
and you can with your with your knees you can slide the tone up and down a lot and there's also pedals to change the so tone. what was he using on that or what just was a lap steel like okay. so basically it's yeah. like a dobro which is like an acoustic old acoustic slide instrument where the strings were up higher so that so it didn't rattle against the frets when you played and you Except guys won't electrified. get this at home, but Shane is acting out where the actual yeah, instrument is. Yeah, I know. I'm just, trying just doing shaking it. his hands I, uh, back I'm just, and forth. I'm just trying, because I have it. I'm just in my mind, like, yeah, no, it's give like you it, a And I think, it'll, I think it'll probably still translate great. But, um, but yeah, it is fascinating. And, you know, we talk a lot about how collaborative music is by its very nature. And so to see, like, you know, to, to pair up Hawaiian music, traditional Hawaiian music with old school country Seems crazy until you see well, connective tissue a, like this. And there's just a quality to his voice that is just heartbreaking. It's mournful. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful music. You know, but his voice will break at like the right time. Vulnerability. Yeah, it just sounds absolutely heartbreaking. All right, man. Well, I think we're about to go into the intermission. Well, let's go ahead and go do that. So I, I fought myself whether or not I was going to play this video. I've already played it for Ryan. Um, I'm intrigued. Like, uh, I, I, No, 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 no. I had you watch it late one night when we were, had both been drinking. What? Um, it's by a group. It was the Canadian Village People, basically. Um, and the name of the group is the <laughs> well, Scat Say Brothers. no more. Scat, S-K-A-T-T. And um, pitch. and it was by it was toward the tail end of um, in fact they were one of the 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 acts that broke Casablanca's records and Casablanca's records was one of the big Kiss dis- Kiss was the was the big non disco I mean Kiss made them but also Donna Summer a bunch of that stuff and so and later on the Strokes like sort of sort of Julian Casablanca's I don't they're not yeah. Okay, but yes. What are we? What are we watching? We're gonna watch a video, video by the Scat Brothers. Not not. It's S K A T T. It's not like. So it's not about shit. No, 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 no. Or no, jazz. it's about it's, it's a, not Scatman it, Carruthers. It, it's a it's about basically what what from what I can ascertain, uh uh, uh <laughs> cowboy gangbang. I don't really know. Oh, okay, I'm not entirely that sure. Old, that old thing. I'm not entirely Cowboy sure. Cowboy gangbang. But, but I got I got really obsessed with this video, and I went all over the internet reading as much as I could about it. And um, none of the the men actually dancing in this video were part of the band, but it is intended to be a pan to hom- heterosexual sex in some way. But I'll let you guys watch it first, and uh, we'll, we'll come back. We'll and, and by the way, the the quality of the video is horrible. Because this song did nothing. So it's been resurrected by just a couple, like, truly, truly chosen few online. Anyway, this is, uh, this is Life at the Outpost by the Scat Brothers.
ask. Um, Shane, where are you sourcing? Yeah. <laughs> well, dude, no, like, what was the other uh, video that we watched that was just all men's butts? Well, yeah. no, um, I got I got that off of AV Club. That one I got off of Cracked. It was um, it was like five songs that will immediately confuse and ruin a party. <laughs> well, the correct, yeah, for sure. Like, I don't know who the, the, that band's demographic is. I, that, well, that's Where what the guy that? says. That's what the guy's saying. Like, who who does who is his demographic? Nobody. But it, he, one of the things that he is saying, like, about this video, and he's right about this. He's like, it's split into your life is split into before life at the outpost and after life at the outpost. Once you finally watch that video, it is truly one of the greatest videos ever made, in my opinion. Like, it's very entertaining. I'll give it that. Years ago, what is what is a video that's very entertaining other than a great video years ago there was a um and i'll never look this up in time so i'm not even gonna try but the, years ago uh there was a rhino records put out an album that was solely designed like to clear a party to clear a party like it's yeah. getting late like we gotta get people out of here oh hang on i've got just the thing <laughs> like oh wait so I mean, you know, this could be this could maybe be. Although yeah. this is, seems like a video to to clear a party. Well, another one of the uh, another even one more of, so another one of the songs that that they put on there, um, which I highly want to play for you, but there's no video accompanying to it. It's called Hulkster in Heaven, and it's it's a it's a song that Hulk Hogan made for a, a dead child that their Make a Wish Foundation wish was for Hulk Hogan to record a song about him. And he's like, God, if, if you weren't dead already, dude, you it's there's a gospel chorus. He can't sing. He's talking about when he gets to heaven, he hopes he tags out with his little Hulkamaniac one more time. Oh like, God. it's amazing. That sounds actually kind of amazing. It is incredibly amazing. Um, yeah. So now you've seen. Well, OK, well, so describe, Shane, what we just. Like for those who aren't following along. Okay, or, so life at the yeah. outpost. So we, t I gave the 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 like the biography of the Scat Brothers, um, and apparently March just pulled up one of their pictures, and a couple of those guys in that video, this guy for sure, or this guy for sure with the big mustache, uh, was in that video, and I think made this guy looks like John C. Riley, in the in the <laughs> '90s, and. Um, so anyway, it's a little bit of a Rick Springfield thing. Going there, on yeah, there. there's oh, a bunch man. of guys like they're all like they're all half of them don't it's have a shirts. Bunch on. of like sweaty pectoral muscles. There's like, a lot of sweaty pectoral muscles, a lot of mustaches, and there's a lot of like tight fishnet, jeans and uh, like fishnet undershirts. Yeah, like, there's yeah, some of that, yeah. and there's and there's incredibly bad choreography. Like I don't know who choreographed. There's a there was a lot of cocaine it was not in the seventies. It was not Paul Abdul. At one point, like they just they just there's like a what what's the like a footrest at a bar and uh they're all just like lined up and they're putting one foot on it then taking it off then putting it back on and taking it off in rhythm and but the camera comes at them from different angles um it's no it's it's, 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 it's a fascinating thing that you should see once i've seen it probably it, 10 times now and it never gets any it gets better and better every <laughs> time i see it so <laughs> i don't like uh, i think i've now seen it twice and i'm good <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna tap out. Speaking of Hulk, yeah. uh, Hulk, I mean, I'm telling you, if, if if it's something that I feel like it's it's not quite as good as Pink Panties, but it's one of those things that I feel it's like it's in that same league. It's in that same league. I want to share yeah. with people because there's no way you that, have ever well, heard you of should this before. You should never go your whole life without having seen this, this video. video once. Yeah. Right, right. So there you go. There's there's. Um, 
Life of the Outpost, which, by the way, I, having listened or seen this at least 10 times, um, it's completely stuck in my head because I will say one thing about it. It's pretty goddamn catchy. Like, let's do it one, maybe twice and you'll get that. He might catch something. Give your love to a cowboy, man. He wants to love you as hard as he can can. Okay, let's go back into the show. Thoughts, please. So when I was young, growing up, uh, my uncle owned a, a restaurant slash honky tonk in Pasadena, Texas. It was actually the, this, just this large dance hall. They had tables out and he'd roast a few pigs every day and they'd have peanuts and they'd have music and stuff. But that's kind of where I first got into some of this old country, Hank Williams type of stuff. And, you know, I always thought, like, I've always equated Hank Williams with, like, old timers and and oh and, yeah storytellers you know, like and you know listening to these songs it reminds me of my uncle a lot and then i you know i've all, i've looked back at these pictures of hank williams and stuff and i always thought yeah here's a guy in his 60s and stuff but guy never 29. made it to, he never made it to 30 nope did not 29. make it yeah i i used to think the same thing died in the back of a car if i'm not he mistaken. did die in the back of a car yeah. on new year's day <coughs> 1953 3 yes. yeah yeah, yeah so Less than two years after this album, the recordings were made. Yeah, I guess he had an underlying heart condition that was exacerbated by and spina, bi- spina and bifida. Well, easy for me to say he had spina bifida, but I think that's they w- they were saying that that's why he maybe took a lot of the pain pills and stuff like that. Um, I mean, it's a lot. My whole life, I've you know, I've always heard like he died, but he drank himself to death, and there's a there's a good chance that that that, that definitely was part of it. But I mean, the he had a bad heart. Didn't but but and a lonesome heart. <coughs> Apparently so. Yeah, they're so alone. lonesome he could die in the back of a car. Whoa! Oh! Oh! Thank you all for all of that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I did. It did occur to me, like while I was listening to this 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 past week, um, why is it that brilliant people die young? Like it well, sucks. I it, mean, it doesn't always. Some of that and doesn't always happen. I mean, Johnny Cash lived a long life. Willie Nelson lived a long yeah, life. And let's. I mean, Richard let's. Rogers lived a long life. Let's be. I mean, let's be real in that. Uh, in that, some of that is the is the storytelling that happens on the back end. So somebody has a like shooting star life, dies sure, young, and then you. But it also seems like it happens more often. There are plenty of people who die young who never do anything. That's, that's my also, point. Also, that is true. That is a <laughs> great <laughs> point. No, I I think like, that it, it's it. You're right. It that's analogous to, to sort of like uh your your friend our friend Corey who's like I don't believe in coincidences. Well, you that's know, that just kind of, retarded. Yeah, life is just a yeah. series of coincidences. But I mean, Kevin's Kev, there, there's something in what Kevin's saying. We notice the ones that die young because of the we were listening to a, a brilliant genius that died young. If, but you also, know that they it left just something seems on to me the that there's a right. higher proportion percentage-wise, of people who die young who are also brilliant, uh, artistically. I Yeah, see, and I, and I think that that is just, that's the, that's the, that's you coloring, and I mean, and not just you, but I think that's the, that's the artist-loving public coloring in the I, lines I could of be wrong. potential. I agree. But I, I don't think I am. I agree with Kevin. Okay, well, I mean, let's go through the geniuses of the of the of the latter part of the 20th century of well, music. Well, if you do like the the 27-year-old club, like you've got yeah, sure. Jimi Hendrix and uh, 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 
Well, let's Joplin bust out a Ouija board. Yeah, Kurt Cobain yeah, and yeah, Jimi yeah. Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Jim Morrison. I mean, yeah, fair enough. It's, it, that is an interesting coincidence. But I think the, 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 that the reality of that is there's a lot of mythology that, I mean, we're talking about six, seven, eight people that died really, really in their, you know, of the last 50, 60 years of the brilliant musicians that died that we that we listen to a lot of. I mean, Stevie Wonder didn't die young. I mean, they're just, they're hundreds more that, that didn't die really young. Here's really my issue. My issue is really that, that I think we're at we're just asking the wrong question. I think the r- the right question is had Hank Williams lived what would be the kind of thing that you would hope that he would do or what, what have been what his kind, legacy? What, well what, what not necessarily what like I think it sounds like unless he just did something that was way off script and like muddled his legacy over time which I don't think see it seems like that guy had a very true like he had a very true arc like he was just going to be who he was whether he lived to be 29 or Fifty-nine. Well, you know that he had this other. Not to interrupt you, but he yeah. had this other, this whole other persona um, where he would do gospel music. Like he would, he would get in, he would like cheat. Well, and that's on this record too. Like, yeah, yeah, but no, but sure. there was, this is a whole other thing that he did. Like this whole other character that he did. Um, I think it was like Jake the Drifter or some shit. And he, he would completely, he would quit drinking. He would commit himself to because because he had this conflicted, um, like. Religion, what he was doing with the with the drugs and alcohol and the sleeping around and stuff like that, and then he, that was conflicted with this very very religious upbringing, and he would like periodically swing all the way to one side of the pendulum and then all the way to the other side periodically. So I mean, who knows? Like in five years, maybe he just would have ended up being like, a, you know, Jimmy Swaggart or something like I that. I don't know. At the, at the very least, I guess maybe it, this is the long, twisted road I'm on here. Like, I think the cool thing would have been. I think he definitely would have kept collaborating with people. Um, who knows? Maybe he'd have run all the band off, uh, band after band after band, and finally had to do some other things just solo. If he had been around when, uh, to Shane's point earlier in the podcast, like when the LP really came into being a thing, I wonder if that would have changed the way that he wrote. My guess is probably not that much. But um, anyway, I think we can all agree that like, the industry certainly changed, like, not too long after. Hard to say, yeah. but I'm pretty sure he would have collaborated with, like, DJ Herc and uh, mm-hmm. just invented rap music. I think that that is the most amazing idea. Somebody out there needs to write some fan fiction somewhere where in a, uh, like, 60-year-old Hank Williams, like, it gets, like, waylaid in New York and gets together with African Bombada and, you know. Yeah, man. And like, is instrumental in the creation of rap. That would... It's a I, crime that I, that I, didn't I'm, happen. I'm amazed yeah. that that no one's ever even thought of that before. I think, like to your point, what you were saying earlier about the the, the good dying young or whatever. I think that the question to ask more so than why did these geniuses die young, is why do you see a higher percentage of brilliant musicians, actors, uh, writers become drug addict alcoholics? You know, but that is a more pertinent question. I think. I think it's probably fair. hard yeah. to process that kind of thing. Well, and if you if just from what we know of his upbringing, it sounds like, you know, like he didn't in some ways he w- had he had a lot of he had a firm hand from his mom. But at the same time, like not always a lot of supervision. And then when she was in his life, she was kind of heavily orchestrating. And I think my understanding is she was his manager for most of his career. So there was this whole thing where uh, in between his two wives Hank Williams b- dallied briefly with uh, with a woman who had his daughter, uh, Jet. Jet, yep. 
who was uh, adopted and then found out years later in the 80s in like, the 80s yeah. she was 21 yeah and um and she found out who and it and turns out that his uh before he died, he w- had been granted a like a contract or something from the mother, granting him custody. Like she didn't want, she was a dancer. She didn't want the kid. She wanted to keep going out and being a dancer. She wanted to have the kid. He could have the kid, and uh, so th- she had to do all of the. And this is pre-internet. She was his by blood. All of this paperwork existed in uh, in ni- I believe it was in 1987, uh, Alabama. The State court agreed that she was heir to part of the half of his fortune, or that she was an heir. And then in '89, the Supreme Court of Alabama said, "You are heir to half of his of his output of it, you know the rest of his royalties and shit." And fucking Hank Williams Jr. even having all of the documentation showing that she was in fact his child, fought it to the fucking United States Supreme Court. That dude is a dick. Oh, yeah. That guy was worth millions and millions of dollars. This woman had nothing, and this fucking guy, which, by the way, he lost. Yeah. Oh, and they yeah. still hate each other Yeah, to this day. They do, like, well, I, I think he is, like, uh, an like asshole? unquestionably a complete prick. However, there are probably a half dozen Hank Williams Jr. songs that I like. Like, I just genuinely do. Look, like, I'm a, I'm a hey. huge Morrissey fan, and Morrissey is <laughs> undeniably a weird asshole. Can we talk yeah. about, like, I mean, one of the things that, that uh, one of the, I didn't expect to be surprised by this record at all, or this collection of songs, or whatever it is. Um, beyond the cornmeal ads. Uh, and flour. Add flour. Yeah, my bad. Uh, like, I think one of the things that, that uh, did surprise me was that I have never thought of uh, Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain as anything other than a Willie Nelson, Willie Nelson song. song. And I was like, oh, of course. This is, I mean, it's like a history lesson. I so thought like, that Willie Nelson wrote that song until very, very recently because it is... I don't think I've heard the Willie Nelson version. Oh, my God. No. A Blue Eyes Crying Holy. in the Rain? I don't think I have. I'm, I'm willing to admit it. It's fine. Okay. That's I, crazy I, to me. That, sure it's one you, of his signature I'm, songs. I'm sure like, that you have even inadvertently. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, he does. Willie Nelson does a really signature, amazing version of this track and uh to find this on on this on this record i was like oh like. i thought the same thing and i had just recently found out that it wasn't well even like the, the i forget the name of the guy that wrote it but he was he even said like yeah once willie did that like um it was on That's red, the red definitive Hunter's version it's, it's like the it. definitive version that yeah. is you know it's sort of like willie nelson said the same very 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 about similar patsy about patsy klein and crazy yeah, yeah. he's like all right yeah, no, I give done. up. Oh, yeah. he, he wouldn't. He wouldn't play that song for thirty yeah. fucking years. Like, yeah. Well, I was going to want to dial up, uh, uh, move it on over, but I think we have to hear "Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain." I don't. I mean, uh, of of uh, Hank's canon, I think "Moving On Over" is is the is the better song of the two that Hank did. But "Blue Eyes Ru- Crying in the Rain," I love too. So. I don't know. It's interesting to hear the the version of Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain. Okay. Well, let's let's do Move It On Over and if we have time we'll get on to Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain. Okay. Move over short dog, let the <laughs> tall dog in. She won't let me sleep in the house, huh? <laughs> She told me not to play around, but I've done left the deal. 
go down, so toad it on over. Move it on over. Drag it on over. Move it on over. Don't go over nice dog, cause a mean dog's moving him. Hey, boy. One thing I, I wanted to mention while I was while we were talking about the, the the ballad of the rivalry between the Williams siblings is that um, these uh, mother's best recordings are um, that they actually went to court with uh, Polygram. Polygram thought or that who they owned who like owned them or whatever. Yeah, and so so the 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 Williams siblings owned them, and um, if you look on the bottom here. Or on Spotify or whatever, it says licensed by the estate of Hank Williams. That's why you can't find anything about this album or any of the shit online because. It's oh, this is a very litigious there's estate. No, there's no press, but I'm just saying there's no press because it's not owned by a label anymore. Like like courts granted in the rights to all of these these live mothers best. And so anyway, yeah. So this 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 album was put out by uh, Jet and Hank Williams Jr. to some. Degree. I don't know how well, it and happened. Like, like, how many fucking iterations of greatest hits? I mean, like, how many songs did this dude record? Like, something like just like fifty or something. Not that many. Yeah, I know. Well, that, but the, see, but that's the thing. I mean, it's uh, it, it's uh, they. I'm sure that those albums they both sell at their live shows, and that's why there's no press for them. I mean, they don't have a press machine, um, but they're both. You know, they both play music for a living and stuff. But yeah, you're right. I mean, but if you go back, go back and look at like. Sinatra, especially when he got older. Like, I mean, he's got a catalog, but you'll just see these same songs show up time. And Tony Bennett does the same damn thing, man. Time and time again, it's like these. It's like the uh, it's their version of Robert O'Keefe's uh, "The Road Goes On Forever." I was like, oh, it actually does because it's on everything that you've <laughs> just ever, on an, an endless uh, loop. Put yes, exactly. Well, that was a, a highly, highly entertaining album. And um, Kevin, yeah. or do you have something you want to say? No, no, no. no. I, I, I was, was just going to say, like, no, like, it, it was everything I hoped it would be. Uh, other than that, like... Uh, it, it was better than I thought it was going to be. Again, a lot of that owing to Mother's Best, the Mother's, mother's Best, best the, like, yeah, cornmeal was, and flour. For me, this was better than uh, a dozen cornbread muffins. <laughs> and cornbread well, you muffins know, ladies, if you want some cornbread muffins, just pick yourself up some Mother's Best. You yeah. know, and there's recipes in every bag of Mother's Best. We'll just have it shipped straight to your house. You got to know that, like, if they're because that's not like that's not a at least a brand that I know anymore. No, like, it's like, no. So it's like you got to know that at some point, at some point in the past, somebody went like, "Well, what do we got to do?" Like we had Hank Williams. I mean, for so. crying out loud. Okay, <laughs> Kevin, what do you got for us this week? Uh, okay, so so there's a there's a track that um, I came across a few weeks ago that I really uh, like a lot. Uh, by a Milwaukee musician uh, named Trapper Shep, and it's a song called Ogallala, which we're which we'll spin now. But um, ultimately, uh, it just it sort of didn't sound like anything else that I've heard of late. And yet, uh, there were some hallmarks that I also found pretty familiar, which we'll talk to on the uh, the other side. I love to have that gal around Her biscuits are so nice and brown Her pies and cakes beat all the rest Cause she bakes them all with mother's best 
How you like that? How you like that tag there, huh? A semi-jackknife that felt all right When they shut down I-80 pulled over To the shoulder Took a winter loop In a snowden mood I saw a movie An unexpected journey I felt like Martin Freeman When he was first leaving Now I'm waiting for the road to thaw I'm waiting for the road to thaw Trapper Shep, who um, tip up to this point has mostly played uh, with a band. It's a called dude, not a band. It's a dude. He's played with a backing band called The Shades for a long time. He's a musician out of. Like I, I say Trapper. for a long time. He's a pretty. Uh, he's in his early twenties. A musician from uh, Milwaukee. But anyway, that um, that track ended up on an NPR mix, and actually it was a different mix of that same track. But um, but. Uh, one of the things that struck me by it was that it was that there's a version of it that's been mixed by Brendan Benson. Uh, that's uh, what we just listened to. That is what we just Who listened to. Who is Brendan Benson? Uh, Brendan Benson is he a musician. He was in uh, Jellyfish, right? He was, um, well, he was in the Rack and Tours with Jack White. Yeah. Uh, and uh, put out a really amazing record called La Palco that. Uh, but like, 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 like a, about, a but. just super poppy guy. So that well, song yeah, to me but is and Tahiti eighty meets. Uh, Bonnie Vare meets Shane Bartel. And That's I know that one of those people is like in the room. Uh, it sounds like uh, there's a lot of Sufjan Stevens in that to me. Uh, yeah, I could, yeah, I I could, could hear that, that too. In the mix. <sighs> that song won me over. I really did not like it for about the first half of the song. It sounded way too Jason Mrazzy for me. Okay. Like uh, yeah. just, just too clean and too, but then like as the, the instrumentation got a little like more interesting. Yeah, that And then... Some harp and some glockenspiel. Yeah, yeah, they got really interesting instrumentation that was playing off the melody, and then and then that earworm of hearing that chorus a couple times, like it it started to stick. Well, and it's like after after you've heard it a few times, like the like lyrically, I think it's just a really sort of um, not every song is a perfect circle, and not every song is intended to be, but I think that song is kind of written in a way where. Everything everything matches up a little bit. I started to pick up on the lyrics a little bit more, too, toward the end of it. Yeah, I really did not like that song for about the first 45 seconds. And then, then like, a switch flipped, and I liked it more. I I think partially it was how, again, it was, there was a, there was a, there was no reverb or any, uh, no effects on his vocals, and it's, they were really up front. That's what made me think of, like, Jason Mraz. It kind of, he kind of sounds like Jason Mraz, too. Well, and I guess maybe what I would say Like, vocally. Maybe so. I guess what I would say is that um, oddly, like so, the the NPR version of that track, which I which I downloaded, was also attributed as the as Brendan Benson's mix. I certainly f- can feel like if you listen to if you listen to any of his um, solo stuff, or even like kind of recognize what his what his contribution is to a to a collaboration like that of the Raconteurs, like it feels like it's got his fingerprints on it a little bit. Um, anyway, at the very least, I thought, I thought like, this is something that's, 
it fe- it's definitely accessible, but it certainly feels like it maybe is just a little bit different than what we I've presented other times. So wanted to have some fun and give some That's love. A good to song Brewtown. to have on when you're when you're cutting some onions and making dinner, like with drinking a little glass of wine. And that's a very specific. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I guess so. I'm just okay. Well, w- while you're while Only you're if you're making dinner, but while you're peeling seven thirty five and. <laughs> while you're, Thursday. While you're making food f- at a dinner party before anybody gets there, like that's the kind of music I listen to. Okay, right on. Well, uh, what do we next week? Uh, so next week, I've been I've been thought about this and um, scat brother, scat brother, scat brother, scat brother. <laughs> yeah. Uh, damn it, no. Anyway, uh, oh, I so want to listen to a whole album of good that. God. Oh, you do because no. because no, mine's in two yeah. weeks. Yeah, yeah I was being ironical. Anyway. Um, yeah, so I thought about this, and, and what I really wanted, like, one of the things that I think we've been doing a lot on this show lately, which I think has actually been really terrific, is um, there have been a lot of really great stories around the records that we've picked, and I want to, and I would like to... Uh, continue the tradition. Continue that, continue that in that vein. And so we're going to talk about a band called The Wrens. And, um, and sp- that is a good story. Yeah. W-R-E... Like the birds. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and we'll do their record. They're, like each one of their records is kind of an interesting story, and I don't know them all uh, all particularly well. But we're going to talk about the Meadowlands, and um, and what the interesting circumstances are around that band, and um, the fact that uh, they don't put records out very often. They're super painstaking about them, mm-hmm. and uh, and they may have another record coming out this year. I bought the Meadowlands or Meadowlands on tour one time, and. Uh, it uh it got completely scratched up before I even ever had a chance to listen to it. Oh, and that's I, and a then shame. I just completely forgot to ever get it again. So yeah, like that was like years and years and years that ago. That record came out in two thousand and three. Yeah. All right. Good times. Great taste. I'm Shane. Ryan. Kevin. And for Mother's Best Cornmeal, I'm Mark. <laughs> this is somebody likes it. <laughs> Let me say that again. The most delicious. <laughs>